just a content warning that on this episode with Carly, we do discuss her abusive relationship. So just warning you about that and checking in whether this is the right time for you to listen to this episode. Thank you. Welcome to the Resilience Rising podcast with me, your host, Jen Scottney. With the help of my guests, we will be getting curious about what resilience is, how we develop it, and the times we've used it. This podcast is here to explore all things resilience. Today, I'm talking to Carly Arbor. Carly is an entrepreneur, holistic health coach, business coach, and trustee of the charity Youth Realities. She's perhaps best known for her business, Lenny London, a successful luxury activewear brand. With the success comes a story of resilience and empowerment. Carly endured a physically abusive relationship for three and a half years, and as a result, suffered with severe health issues, such as depression, anxiety, PTSD, and chronic fatigue syndrome. She ended up bedbound and hit rock bottom. Eventually, she was able to leave the relationship and embarked on the most life-changing journey, rebuilding her entire life. In an extra story of resilience, she then had to deal with a court case with one of Britain's most famous pop stars, the loss of around £30,000 worth of her products and an ongoing fight with her shipping company. She's come to talk about her journey, what she's learned and what resilience means to her. Welcome to the podcast, Carly. Wow. Thank you so much for having me. What an introduction that was. <laughs> when, when you say everything that has, um, when you put my life path out like that it's actually zooming out and hearing it from somebody else um yeah it's it, it's a lot but it's also such an amazing journey that I have been on so I'm so grateful to be here to be able to share that with your audience and talk more about that today oh thank you so much for coming and sharing about it and I have the same feeling I think when I've had to summarize a few years of my life with well I had this and then that and then this and then I lost my health and then I got this <laughs> And I feel mm. like when I was living it, it was you're just trying to survive and you're not thinking of how much is happening and what am I going to be thinking about this in five years time. I was just literally trying to survive and it's only looking back that you see what, what you've been through. So, oh, But there's a lot of resilience in there, Carly, which is why I asked you to come on the podcast once I started hearing your story and getting to know you a little bit. What does resilience mean to you? Resilience is one of my favorite topics and it has been a, the word itself has really shifted for my perspective of when I was younger to what it means to me now. Um, and so resilience to me is the ability to navigate life from a place of empowerment, having the tools and strategies to move through adversity with your well-being as a priority. That's such a good a definition. I've never had the word empowerment in um, a definition for resilience. Where's that come from for you? My, my whole journey through life and the resilience that I've cultivated has really, as you said before, in the moment, it's very much survival and you're just trying to keep your head afloat above water and really trying to get yourself out of the situation. But looking back on hindsight, for me, it was just a pure place of empowerment and the strength and the courage and the bravery that it takes to get yourself 
through those moments, I think is very easily overlooked where I like to look back and think actually the person that I became through all of those um, moments, the challenges, the obstacles were actually the parts of it that I want to remember rather than the things that brought me into a dark place. It's the journey that I took on my way out that actually I want to hold on to and really cultivate this empowerment role from and really embody that and how I speak about it and how I keep that memory alive within me and that's kind of what carries me through. Yeah, I think that when I was when I was writing your intro, I actually tweaked it a bit because I put something like, well, despite the success or something like that, as as if these elements of your obstacles and the struggles that you've been through had somehow you'd succeeded despite that. But I think what you're saying with the empowerment is that because of these, it's helped you mm. be successful, which is exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And, you know, all of these, I truly believe that these obstacles are put on our path for a reason. And they're, they're, they're here to shape us into the people that we are meant to become to make the impact that we are meant to make. And I look back and it's truly a gift as as crazy as that sounds. And I always see it as such a gift that actually, I got to go through these things to now help other people with these things. And within that whole experience of each and every time it happened, um, and that's not diminishing how awful each time and each occurrence was, but what that means is that actually I've been able to use that as a place, as a thing to move me forward rather than something to hold me back and create success because of that and do it in a way that, you know, feels really aligned with me and like to look forward and actually just think, you know, this did happen and there's nothing I can do about it, but I'm going to use it and do good with it in the best way that I know how. And I'm going to, I have the choice to paint a picture of how I want it to look. And I choose to have that, my success because of this, not despite of it. Mm. And I think what I really value about your story is that you're so open and you talk about it and when I haven't actually had an entrepreneur on on the podcast yet to talk about their business although I have had business coaches on and I think I've tended to look at entrepreneurs and either created this story that everything's gone really perfectly for them and that's why they've been successful or Yes, something how like they've managed to avoid failure and the ones that had failure, well, we don't see those because they're doing something else or <laughs> at home mm. crying. But you've been very open about these setbacks and obstacles. And I really, I, that really inspires me that you don't have to have it perfect to be successful. And by successful, I don't really just mean financially successful. I mean successful in living the life that you want. Yeah, I I feel absolutely no shame about anything. Um, and that in itself has been uh, something that I've really had to work through because I felt so much shame and embarrassment at the beginning. Um, and we can dive deeper into what those specific things were. But I felt so much shame and so much embarrassment and it held me back from really allowing myself to just live a life that is in alignment with me and where I can feel fulfilled and move past them things. And I remember that actually 
I was once in a place where I couldn't resonate with anybody else because nobody shared the stuff that they was going through and because nobody shared the failures and they made out that, you know, business is easy and it's easy to get to success. And, you know, you just have to do put the strategy and do this, this and this. And actually it, it, it's far beyond that. And I couldn't relate to anybody. And so after I kind of went through my own experiences, the one thing that I came out of it the other side and was like, I'm not going to let shame and embarrassment hold me back from helping somebody else who I know is in that same situation. And I know that I can help if I just allow myself to be vulnerable and to show the truth of the journey that I've been on. And, you know, life does happen. And I think this painting this perfect picture of what we see on social media of everybody's highlights is taking us away from building true meaning and connection in life. Because actually, when you take all of that away, we all have the same problems. We all feel fear, doubt and failure at points. And we all get really scared to move forward, whether it's in business, personal life, anything. And we just need that one person to almost shine their light and show us actually it's okay to do that and when they do it kind of gives you the power to be like okay I can now stand in my power because it's okay I've seen that somebody else does it and they've given me they've almost handed me the baton to be like okay now I can do it and you just need that one person and so I've always said if I can just be that one person for somebody else like my job is done everything that I've been through is completely worth it I just need to help one person and that's kind of my only focus and that just multiplies and multiplies and multiplies and that's kind of how I've created my businesses and kind of moved forward but it's always been just one person. Well you've definitely helped me and I'm sure countless others and so tell me about some of those early mistakes in your business. I mentioned in the intro about you getting sued by a pop star. Uh, (laughs) What happened there? So I had an idea for my business, a luxury activewear, sustainable activewear brand. And I have always loved sports. I've always been um, super sporty, active. And I, I started my fitness journey and I spent all of my time in the gym. I do love high-end luxury items. And so... I came up with this business idea whereby I couldn't find quality products and of which I wanted to wear to to the gym to look good and that would support me through everyday life and rather than the typical gym clothes and then getting changed and how you'd look on weekends. So I wanted to merge them all. So I started the activewear brand and quickly realized that business is a lot harder than what I thought and within um, a couple of months I had designed my products I had got my website done I'd paid for branding I'd done all of these things that I thought were the right steps to take at the early stages of business so I had all the fancy stuff and I hadn't trademarked my business I hadn't actually thought about the legalities or the other the business process behind the scenes I was just so caught up on the creative stuff which I think a lot of entrepreneurs get caught up up in at the early stages and then I submitted um, a trademark because I was at a networking event and somebody said said mentioned it to me um, who was further ahead than me and I was like oh okay I'd better go submit one of those submitted it but by this point I had already 
I started getting the clothing uh, manufactured. I had the website. I had everything branded and designed with my name. And um, you have six months at the beginning of a trademark for someone to oppose it. And one day before the six months, I got a letter through from Robbie Williams, his legal team, basically saying that I had to change my name and that they was going to take me to court because of it. So I, I remember just thinking, how the hell is Robbie Williams, for starters, worrying about my small business, which is in active wear, luxury active wear. His was men's wear and very traditional. So it, we didn't even have conflicting mission or vision. And, you know, I tried my hardest to go up against him with that and failed miserably it cost me a huge amount of money because I was so rigid on the it was all over my name um the name of the brand back then before I changed names to Lenny London and I remember I was just so rigid in business I really didn't have a clue what I was doing I had spent I, I it was all of my savings so I'd spent a huge chunk of my saving on all the wrong things to begin with and then I was going up against Robbie Williams to try and battle him for a business name and then it got to a point where I, I just couldn't I was either going to have to stand in court and lose a he hell of a lot of money even more so of what I'd done and um, so the legal advice that I got by this point was you know you need to just change your name. Oh, I mean, we're laughing about it now, but I'm guessing it wasn't so funny at the time. Like you've put all this savings in, you, you've not got wealthy financial backers at this point. It's like such a personal business. And to yeah. then come up against that, I mean, I'm guessing you didn't laugh it off at the time. Absolutely didn't laugh it off at the time. I can laugh now, but at the time it was, you know, I didn't know anything about business. And the name back then was Florence Farrell. And that that is actually my middle name. So my name's Carly Florence Farrell Arbus. So I had it on my passport. I had it on my birth certificate. I was like, this is my name. How can he take this name from me? And I was so passionate about it. And as you said, this was a this was a passion project. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs start business through passion and when you are that tied to what it is that you absolutely love and you invest your own money in it and you don't really have the experience at that point to know where to put your money into and what's going to give you the best return or what you should focus on what you could save money on so all of these things I was just going further down a slippery slope which I've obviously learned a hell of a lot since then and and know how to navigate that now after launching multiple businesses but back then it was crushing like absolutely crushing and I didn't even know how to get out of it so for me to get out of it I had to keep paying money for other people to help me and support me which a lot of friends and a lot of people did hone in on the support but at the early stages of business it does feel very isolating and very lonely so it's almost this trying to navigate the process whilst still maintaining and looking after your own mental well-being um, because I did all of this alongside a full-time job so it, it was it was a very difficult period and the biggest lesson that I learned from that is actually to be more free-flowing and to allow business to guide you along the way so I could have changed the name a lot sooner I chose not to. So it's a decision that I made, um, which, again, you, you learn your lessons from and you know never to do that again. And all I've learned from that is now I'm so fluid in business, whereby I'm always 
I'm, I, I've brought in this element of flexibility rather than just being so rigid on it has to be this way. You have to follow this process and really just being more open to allowing my business to grow and evolve how it's meant to. It can be quite hard giving up that rigid focus though, isn't it? And sometimes I think, well, I'm thinking of like sports people as well because that's my been my area that I work in. But we can really celebrate people that have this drive and passion and nothing's going to get in my way. But actually... That's not always the most sensible option. Often, maybe always, it's not the most mm. sensible way. Oh, mm. just thinking of that going into business, and you were saying like almost a bit of naivety. But did you feel like you needed that? Because if you knew what was coming and you knew how much extra work that you hadn't thought about was going to be in it, you might not even have got got that far and got it off the ground. Absolutely, and I still. <laughs> say that now I think sometimes it's better to not know and to just dive in headfirst with nothing but sheer passion (laughs) and purpose and figure it out along the way because I think a lot of the times if I knew the process and the end result and what it takes to get there it it's a lot in business and I think me knowing all of the stuff that I I could have known would have definitely deterred me from that path and I probably would have felt more comfort in my nine to five job earning a good amount of money getting bonuses and thinking is actually all of this worth it and so I always come back to I literally everything that I do is just lead I lead with pure passion and purpose and that just drives me through anything and a dose of flexibility because you don't know what's coming up (laughs) of course of course (laughs) and then and then, so you've changed the name. And then what happened with this stock? <laughs> yeah, so um, I think as an entrepreneur, I've, I've, I've hit a lot of setbacks and obstacles, all which have given me the biggest lessons. And just unfortunately, they've all been to a grand scale that have involved lots of money and lots of stress. <laughs> so I, I then launched Lenny London. So I changed the name, launched Lenny London, However, just before I was about to launch, um, so I had the launch date set, I had a launch party, I had organized everything, and I was waiting for my stock to arrive. So I've rebranded, got new stock, and actually what come with the flexibility and really evaluating my business at that point, I then moved into a sustainable business. So beforehand, Lenny London... before it was Lenny London, my business wasn't sustainable. So I took that time to reflect. And in the flexibility process, I looked at, okay, where do I want this business to go? And what is actually meaningful for me? And where do I want to take it? And a part of that process was being sustainable. And so I looked at new suppliers, I got new fabric, I rebranded as Lenny London and then relaunched. So before I launched, um, waiting for my stock to arrive, and it didn't show up. So my factory is, was, I've parted with them now for several reasons. And so they were in Bulgaria. And this was just as COVID was coming about, and Brexit was introduced, and it came with a whole additional layers of completing forms at customs and the whole process around this within that process um my stock 
most of my stock. Um, my factory sent seven boxes, only one box arrived of products. I waited weeks and weeks and weeks. I was told by UPS that they would be delivered the next day. They wasn't, and this went on for several months. So essentially UPS lost £30,000 worth of my stock before I'd even launched and still to this day have not refunded me the money. So within the whole process of that, I had a launch date, I had a launch party and I only had minimal stock. So I decided at that point I could either fold and not go forward and everything that I've worked towards will now draw a line under it and look to do something else and essentially give up or I move forward and figure it out along the way. So I pushed forwards. I went ahead with my launch with the stock that I had. And in this process, I was just battling against UPS to get my money back from them. So as it turns out, UPS um, didn't lose my stock they actually sold it at an auction house, um, which was then the products were bought by a third party supplier who then sold it on eBay, where my friend found it on eBay. And then I contacted the police, they opened up a whole investigation around theft and fraud. Um, and it just it was a case that went on for a year and a half. Um, I finally drew, drew a line under it last year. Um, when it left me almost to the point where my business was going to fold and I was still in a full-time job at this point and all of the money that I was getting from my full-time job was funding my business um, because UPS wasn't paying me the money it was costing me money again in solicitors fees and other stuff and I again have I've always invested all of my own money into my businesses and so again it's like a huge hit so last year I found myself I was sleeping on a friend's sofa just to keep my business alive because I couldn't pay for rent anymore. And I had overheads, I had staff. Um, so yeah, I really found myself in a very, very dark place with business. Um, and it's, since then, it's just been a journey to get out of that, which I very quickly got out of within four months. So we can talk more about that as well. My journey from, you know, um, sleeping on a sofa to success leaving my nine to five and moving abroad. Congratulations on that. Just going back when we were talking about that kind of shame that you were feeling, was that coming up with the court case or and with this loss of stock? Did you feel embarrassed? Were you talking to people and everyone going, oh no, that's just a part of business? Or was it something that you're trying to hide? Yeah, so I started um, at the beginning, I felt very shameful and embarrassed about the fact that, you know, another situation had happened before I've even launched and I I didn't share a lot it then got to the point whereby I noticed myself in the way by which I wasn't utilizing my community and the people that was actually had been there for me and had been a big part of my business journey and my personal journey and so it got to a point where I then decided with UPS to go public. So I utilized my audience 
and I really leaned on them for support and my community. And so I posted a letter online to UPS. And now when I say that I was trying for a year and a half, I was going back and forth. I was constantly calling them. The police were involved. So it was it was a lot of groundwork. So I was constantly in tears, constantly having breakdowns, constantly worrying about money and all of the stress that came with that impacted my health. I was trying to, you know, show up in a full-time job every day and be the best that I could be in everything. And, you know, it takes its toll. And so it got to a point where I I just said enough is enough. And so I, I wrote this letter to UPS and I researched, um, I did my research. I found all of the heads of UPS through LinkedIn, through, um, you know, I think it's incredible what women can find out. <laughs> when they want to when they want to do detective work um so i found out all the top people of ups um heads heads of the the companies uh the company and i wrote this letter and posted it on linkedin tagged them all in it and kind of did a plea to my community and and just an outpour basically saying this is the situation this is where i'm in i'm living on my friend's sofa my mental health is affected my livelihood is affected and ups aren't doing anything about it um i'm a small business a female founder they owe me thirty thousand pounds um, and nobody's getting back to me and and they've said that they'll close my case and will not pay me does can anybody help me is there anyone that can just give guidance and advice, mentors, anyone further along in business? And the outpour that I got blew me away, like absolutely blew me away. I remember up until that point, I had cried so much about how stressed I was, about everything that I was going through. And that was the first time that I cried, just pure joy, happiness, because I felt like the first time people were just helping me like people wanted to help me and so everybody was reposting it they was commenting commenting on it saying this is awful like UPS how have you done this to somebody and it got picked up by the press and then all of a sudden UPS I mean they reopened the case they still refused to pay back but even the power and you know allowing yourself to be vulnerable and letting people come in and support you and how that shifted everything for me because then it wasn't wasn't me on my own as a business owner with the weight of the world on my shoulders it was now every other female founder every other entrepreneur every other business owner who had ever dealt with UPS or a company of that such or had just had a dream and wanted to create their own business or you know had a passion they saw in me what they saw in themselves and was like this could happen to me or you know I they just felt for me the same way that I would feel for somebody else. And there was so much power in that moment that just shifted everything. Um, and as I said, I never got the money back and I still haven't to this day. But the lesson that I've learned in that, in in whether it's resilience or, you know, and the building of the strength is we have control over how we perceive a situation, how we navigate a situation and sometimes it just does take that one brave step to be like, okay, I'm going to ask for support. Or I'm going to reach out to someone and I'm going to make a bold move. And I don't know whether it's going to pay off, but I'm going to do it anyway and see where it takes me. Mm. And just before we get on to how you did get off the sofa in your mate's house and, and make a success of it, 
One thing that I spoke about in the intro and one thing that you've said that you're happy to talk about was that before this, before you started that journey with Lenny London, you were in a abusive relationship for three and a half years. And I was just thinking then when you were talking about asking for help and getting out of that situation, that eventually you could get yourself out. But but what was life looking like back then? Yeah, so I was in an abusive relationship for three and a half years. Um, and this was during the time of the court case with Robbie Williams. So it was um, at the very early stages of launching my own businesses. And it was hands down the most difficult period of my life out of everything that has that I have been through that has been thrown on my path for me to overcome and the difference with you know going through domestic abuse is that it's very personal it's it's something that no one should ever have to go through and it's something that shifts your perspective on life on you know connection with other people it's it diminishes that trust. It diminishes your self-worth. I, I, I really was left in pieces, broken on the floor. And it was a long journey to rebuild myself up from that place and to navigate myself out of that. And with that, with that intensity, it affected how I could run a business or even know how to move forward because as we said earlier when you're in a surviving state when you're in that survival place where I was just looking at can I get through the next 24 hours so every day I would literally wake up and be saying to myself I just need to make it through the next 24 hours like that's all I need to do so when we talk about domestic abuse like it was physically abusive as well as the daily emotional and mental aspect to it as well. But again, that was the time where the courage that it took me to leave that relationship, like after two months, I knew that I shouldn't be in that relationship. And I stayed for three and a half years. Now, the reason why I stayed was because I didn't love myself enough or value myself enough to actually walk away and know that I can be okay without him. And that I'm worth more than being with someone that treats me like this. And so that whole process of me building up the courage over years, and it did take me a long time, and I'm okay with that. And I really had to give myself the grace and compassion to actually allow myself to keep going back. Because I thought I had the strength and I didn't quite have it yet. And that just that that was just building the resilience muscle the whole time. So without me even knowing, when I look back now, every time I did leave, it was that one step closer to actually leaving for longer. And then the next time, and then the next time. And every single time I stood up for myself or, you know, I got the courage to finally then leave, that was just years of me building up resilience to actually walk away and be resilient enough to then stand in my power and not go back. So it was this long process and this long journey. And for me, all, all of that that I learned throughout that time of just building up that courage is just everything that my business now represents. 
and everything that shines through what I do now. So whether it's through my coaching and it's empowering other women through business, that all comes from the strength and the courage that I had to get from leaving that abusive relationship. And, you know, and the same goes for through Lenny London and the activewear that I design is to make people feel confident. I want women to feel their best selves, to know their value, know their confidence. That will take them through life. And in terms of when I look at, you know, how those areas of my life have all cultivated as one, everything I do now, that that my purpose was born from that experience. I... I am a trustee for Youth Realities Charity, and that is because they address teenage relationship abuse. And that means something to me so dearly and so deeply that, again, when I say that my passion and my purpose leads me through everything, this is exactly it. My passion and my purpose is to help other women and the next generation. And so this experience really was the starting point for me to know who I am, to know my purpose and to know what path I am here to walk. And that is how I do build businesses. And that is how I do make an impact because that's all I want to do, make a bigger impact. And the way that feels aligned to me is to do that through businesses and to grow businesses that are here to help other people. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. And from my work with both victims and perpetrators, I mean, the, the point of leaving that relationship is usually the most volatile and the most risky mm. thing that you can do. So to hear that you had to go through that over and over again, I mean, that must have just been frightening. And it feels like we're talking, like, I love how you, that's informed how you run a business and and your purpose now. But I'm guessing... There must have been so much personal work that's happened in between that we haven't seen or that we're not talking about right now because you must have left feeling in such a such a broken place. I think was you said that you felt broken. How long did it take you to recover and get to the place that you're in now? That is a, a, a fantastic question because I think it will be a lifelong journey of always working on something and getting to know myself on a deeper level but exactly how you said so when I left the relationship I thought I truly thought this is it and I built up all the strength and I left and I was like I'm now going to go and have all the success everything he told me that I couldn't be I'm going to prove him wrong I'm going to be that person he said I'm worthless I'm going to go show him that I can do this and that I can be the person that I've always wanted to be and then what I realized very quickly was that you know that is the most dangerous part and the stalking and harassing started so actually that became the worst part of it when I left um I actually the stalking and harassing was so bad um and very dangerous to the point that I had to move house so I moved house moved to a new location um somewhere he couldn't find me and had to rebuild my life from that point so when I say broken I was absolutely on the floor every day it was that I didn't want to get out of bed. Like I didn't want to be here anymore. It wasn't that I didn't want to be here. I just, the pain was so 
intense. Like I did, I couldn't handle the pain anymore and the heartache and the grief and everything that comes with it. And so in those moments, it was the only thing I knew that I can control was how I feel. It was, I had no control over how he was going to act and what was going on in the world around me. It was now a position of, I just want to feel good. And that's it. I want to wake up every day and actually want to be here and want to get ready and put my makeup on and feel like there is a life worth living. And so the whole self work and the self development journey that I've been on is truly this whole exploration of actually who am I to my core? Because the person that got into that relationship isn't the person that left. And now who is she? And what is she here to do? And how can I learn to love myself more? How can I learn to, you know, have the confidence again? How can I find that? And so it was daily just daily small habits and practices of really little things like journaling or eating comfort foods that I wanted to eat and you know spending more time with family and friends where I'd been isolated from them before and it was like these small moments that really then helped me in that moment and whether it was five minutes or ten minutes it was that little sparkle of joy and it was just replicating that time and time again until that then grew bigger and bigger into rather than a couple of minutes, it would then grow bigger into hours, days, weeks, and then over a period of years. And so I left in 2018. And in all honesty, I it took me a good three years to really overcome the most of what I needed to overcome. And the only reason I really knew that that had happened is because by that point, after three years, I was ready to date again. And I was like, okay, now I'm ready to trust again. Now I'm ready to put myself back out there in a relationship sense. So I really knew that I had healed from that part. And because I was able to help other people. Now, I think when you're in it and when you're going through stuff, it's harder to help other people. But once you're out the other side of it, you can then look back and see the steps for other people to take and see what they need help with. And I had got to that point where I could talk about it without bursting out crying, where I could see it from, you know, when I talk about it from this place of empowerment, that was a journey. Because in the midst of it, I definitely didn't see it as a place of empowerment. And it broke me and it took me down. And I was in dark, deep depression. But coming out the other side, I can now view it as an empowerment, which means I can now help other people navigate their way through it because I know the steps. And that's the same as I think like, you know, and anyone that does coaching and any any form of coaching or helping other people is that you are literally showing people the same path that you took. And that is as simple as it is. But you can only show people them t- that that path once you are a true embodiment of it and once you have walked it yourself. Mm. Tell us how you turned the business side around from losing the stock, being in such financial difficulties. Um, you described yourself having to sleep on the sofa. How how do you start getting through that? Is it similar to, to how you've just described? Yes. So it was the same process in terms of, you know, one day as it comes 
let's just get up, get our makeup on today and do one task to move forward, whether that's calling UPS, whether it's, you know, posting about um, online about my products and services to get new customers, you know, just really small actionable tasks. Um, mm -hmm. And but the main thing that really got me up off of the sofa and to where I am today is my mission and my belief in myself. And now those are the two things that really shifted everything for me because when I was on that sofa, and I remember I would cry myself to sleep, when I was laying on the sofa, my whole world pulled underneath my feet. At rock bottom again, thinking how the hell have I got here again? How is this happening again? The thing that pulled me out of that was I just sat there and I visualized all of the women that I am supporting right now, whether it's through Lenny London, at back then I didn't have my coaching business. So through Lenny London, the charity that I work with, the younger girls who, you know, through the work that I do, helps pay and fund the specialist support that they get, the intervention. So I'm connecting in that moment to my mission and it's no longer about me laying on a sofa it's about how am I now going to help these girls and these women who need me to show up every day to show them what's possible so it's no longer about me it doesn't matter my current circumstance I'm not focused about my environment I'm focused on you know who are these what do these people need to hear from me today to help them and when I make it more about my mission and the impact that I'm having I'll do whatever it takes to get there and so in those moments, that's all I was focused on because I knew if I connected to that, I'm somebody who's going to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to go all in on my dreams to get to that point because of my mission, because of the impact that I'm here to have. And I just had the self-belief that I could get out of it because of the years of building up resilience, of building up strength. And I've been through this before. I know what it feels like. And I know it's a process to get out of it. And I know it's going to be okay. It feels it feels heavy in the moment. It It's scary. Doubt sets in. The fear sets in. But I've been in this position before. And it feels uncomfortable. But I know how to move through the discomfort. And so that's all I did. I'm just nodding, taking it all in. <laughs> Are we trying too much to eliminate all the doubts and fears and then we'll all sail through life? Is succeeding or chasing dreams, is there a big part of it where it's about just being okay with being uncomfortable at times? Absolutely. I'm okay with being uncomfortable. I'm okay with being embarrassed. I'm okay with feeling shame. And I don't dismiss any of those feelings at all. But they are part and parcel of being an entrepreneur, of being a business owner, or even to excel in life or on anything that you want to do, you are going to feel discomfort. So it's not about diminishing it. It's about being okay with it and knowing that this is normal. Everybody feels this. But in order to move through it, you need to accept that you're going to feel it and everybody else feels it. It would be a lot easier if everybody else talked about feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, which is why I like to talk about these things. And I consume the content that I consume myself is 
around people that motivate me, people that are further ahead than me. Because when you listen and you're consuming all of this content around people telling you this, not to fear failure, fail as much as you can, fail as quick as you can. When you're hearing this from ultra successful people, they're showing you that actually they've, again, walked this path and they're showing you the steps to walk it quicker. And so I was fully aware in all of those moments that, and I'm still going to fail at things now. I still feel fear sometimes when I have to do an Instagram live, it, it pops up and I'm like, okay, I felt this before, but let's, let, let's roll with it and let's move through it anyway. Because it becomes something that when you continuously do time and time again, you get more comfortable with it. So I'm, I've just become somebody who, when something feels uncomfortable to do it, I do it more to move through that feeling as quick as possible to bring it into my comfort zone. And now that becomes my new norm. And so I'm always doing these things. And that's, that's what's helping me always move forward. So anybody that, you know, does feel doubt, fear and failure. It's not something that you can ever avoid. Everybody still feels it. Even people who talk on huge stages in front of thousands and thousands of people, you see them still say they still feel it, but they know the feeling. So it doesn't feel um, as uncomfortable as what it did in the beginning. And they now have the tools and strategies in place to move through to move through that. And that's one thing that you said in your definition of resilience was about those tools and strategies. So I'm guessing... I mean, you talked about that resilience muscle and there's times that we don't choose like the abusive relationships or when really tough life changing events happen. But you're saying that we can choose in other ways to build that resilience. Or is that what you're saying in terms of just putting ourselves in little uncomfortable situations, which not risky, <laughs> just in terms of it's something we want to do, but are scared to do. Is that how you see that we can build our own resilience? Yes, absolutely. So I, I love doing hard things that are going to push me out of my comfort zone, knowing that I can use that further down the line. So what I mean by that is, if I'm going for a run, and I say, oh, I'm just going to run for 10 minutes, I will try and do an extra five minutes. That is me adding on an extra five minutes, making something more harder that is pushing me out of my comfort zone. And then the next time I run, I know that, okay, well, I did 15 minutes last time, I can do it a bit more. So I'm constantly stretching myself and my capabilities and my resilience. If I say that I'm going to do host a masterclass, and it scares me, I'm going to host a masterclass and then get on my Instagram lives and talk about it and keep doing those things that are constantly pushing me out of my comfort zone. Because then I know in three months time, a masterclass or talking on my Instagram live is just going to feel normal to me. And then every day I'm doing things like cold showers. I love cold showers because you're constantly putting yourself in situations where you are challenging yourself. And it's those little moments of challenging that then accumulate. So when, when adversity does hit, you're not resilient to it in the fact that you can avoid it but you can navigate it in the best way possible because now you have the tools and strategies and you have somewhat familiarities 
to what those feelings feel like yeah and and just thinking how busy you are with all these different (laughs) strands like what how do you keep yourself healthy avoid burnout what what strategies do you have in place there I am the queen of self-care I put my health above everything else and I've learned a magnitude of lessons with health I have burnt out before I I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue I was bed bound and I came to a point of realization that it doesn't have to be that way you can run a business and have health and they can both be balanced and the way that I balance them is that I just prioritize my health in every single moment so my sleep is absolutely key to me um ask anybody i sleep with an eye mask i sleep with eye earplugs i have blackout blinds i'm so protective over my sleep because i know the importance of it my diet and how i eat i eat in a way that completely nourishes my body and again it's I'm I'm eating in a way that nourishes my body but feels good for me so that I can show up as my best self and gives me the most energy. I journal, I exercise, I have all of these practices in place. I'm always out in nature. If you look at my Instagram, I'm forever on my stories out in nature in a forest somewhere, um usually walking a dog. Um stealing a dog from friends and family. I was going to say, they're not your dogs, are they? <laughs> no. I do see you with a variety of dogs. <laughs> Just stealing anybody's dogs um, <laughs> to take them with me. But I'm always out in nature and I have this rule where I bookmark my days and I coined this years ago and I can't remember who it's from, but I I, I can't coined this term, which is bookmark your days, where I have a morning routine and an evening routine. So I know I'm setting myself up for success every day. And then I'm ending the night in a peaceful, relaxed way so that I get the best night's sleep. And then between that, I'm just carving out time throughout my day, whether it's between calls, I'm sitting down drinking a cup of tea whilst I'm journaling or, you know, reading a book and, um, or listening to a podcast or going out for a walk and, sitting down eating a meal and actually blocking everything else out and being very present in that moment and these little pockets are weaving health throughout my day so I'm I'm now cultivating a whole experience of where business and health are all entwined within one throughout my day and it's not I go to the gym and then work I'm having these pockets and moments all throughout my day and when I have learned to weave that through I am now always just an embodiment of health and my business and I can excel in both of those because I'm 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 not sacrificing my health for my business anymore and actually it helps me to show up better because I have more energy when I take more time for myself but this has been a process of me you know growing a business to this point of where I can then get more freedom around that and be able to you know bring those elements in I'm very aware that when I had a nine to five job that was out of my control so that's been a journey that I've been on to really look at what's important to me how do I want to live my life and for me having freedom and flexibility and having um health as a priority 
is up there as non-negotiables and so okay how can I create that in my business and that's been a journey for me to do which I finally got to um so it has been a process for me but that is how I how I live my life and that's what works for me to know that I'm always feeling good about myself my well-being is always at the highest and I know what it's like to be at its lowest and I don't ever want to be there again and so this for me has just been a learning curve of lessons of knowing what it feels like to be there and what do I need to do every day to make sure that I don't fall down into that and I do have moments where you know work will get busy and I might just skip the walk or I eat whilst I'm at my desk and I see the impact that it has and I then have to navigate that and learn from it accept it and then move forwards and get back on track Mm. I mean as somebody who else I've been bed bound at times with chronic fatigue syndrome and when you're in that place, the only thing I would just want one wish in the world, and that's just to have my health back. It, I felt like I t- took it completely, took it for granted until it, it wasn't there anymore. And so I really resonate with that in terms of I don't want to be back there. But I do feel that working less is is quite radical as a solo business owner. And I feel that there's a bit of pressure that I should be hustling and I should be working all these hours and look at these highly successful people who get up at 4.30am to start all their morning routines and things, which I don't do. Do you feel that it's quite radical or are we shifting away from that hustle mindset or is that just for other people and we'll stay in our slow lane? I decided when I came out of my health issues and I got my energy back and I got my health back to a really good place if not optimal health that I am going to pave my own way for how I want to create my business and I'm not going to fall into hustle culture and I'm not going to fall into other people's tendencies of what works for them I'm going to build my business and create a life that works for me And if that means me sleeping until later, if that means me taking breaks throughout the day to know that I'm doing my best work and I'm making the impact that I know that I want and creating the success that I want, what that looks like for me, then that's what I'm going to do. And I think what people forget is, are you actually successful if you're burning out tired in the process? To me, that's not success. And so I used to think that that was success where I was earning amazing money and I had all of the success in the terms of financial realms, but actually the sacrifice was my health. I wasn't seeing my family. I wasn't having the freedom to go on holiday when, whenever I wanted to and to spend quality time with the people that I love go and do new hobbies so I just shifted my perception of success and so when I shifted that if other people think that waking up at 4am is success to them that's their reality it's not mine I'm not available to that because that doesn't make me feel good and so I'm only available to what makes me feel good and the impact that I'm having and so I work in a way that feels good for me but I definitely have fallen into the hustle culture before And I just know that it doesn't work for me, but it takes a certain type of person to lead their own path and lead themselves and say that actually this is what works for me. 
And this is what success looks like. And it goes back to knowing who you are, knowing what your mission is and knowing what it is that you truly want and what fulfills you. Because for some person, it might be working 12 hour days and not seeing their family that much, but they have millions and millions and millions in the bank. But for other people, it might be earning a little less but having quality time with their family, going on holiday and doing all of these things that really create a nourishing and fulfilling life for them. So it's just your perception of what success looks like. Mm. But I do think those practices and prioritizing your, well, my, my health, oh, it's so much harder when I'm busy and have so much to do. They're the first things that slip. And even recently, I found that. So it's good to hear a, a reminder that we need to prioritize those. So tell me a little bit more about your other work that you were doing. We've talked about Lenny London and, and your charity. What else is it that you're, you're up to at the moment? Yes, so I launched um, a coaching arm to my business. And I am working with female founders, women who are here to make an impact, who are here to bring their visions to life, their passions that reside in their heart and to create a business that stands for something. So the journey that I've been on and my own entrepreneurial journey and the beauty that I found in bringing my passions into the world to help other people, I decided that I now want to help other women do this. Like I love seeing other people bring their visions to life and to really help somebody be on that same journey. So I started um, coaching and it has been the most magical experience and something that I truly wish I had done sooner, although it definitely came at the right time. I needed to learn all of my lessons for what I needed <laughs> to learn. And so I'm working one-on-one um, -on -one with female founders um, to support them in that area and yeah and who where do you get your inspiration from for these businesses like when I when you were talking about starting Lenny London and how you were doing everything you were doing the creative the designing the marketing the account everything and and also just with your your new business arms like who inspires you or are these completely plucked out from from your imagination of where you want to be they are completely ideas and visions that have been born through personal experiences and things that have influenced me over the years and things that are truly meaningful to me. So whenever I create anything, I'm always connecting to the mission that I want to be on and things that light me up inside and things that I want to create. So even when I created Lenny London, it was, you know, I was a woman who was in the gym all the time, working on her fitness, wanting to look better, wanting to get her confidence back. And I wanted to look good whilst I was doing it. So it was really a personal um, endeavor that then I birthed into a business. And then when I started coaching it was the same thing I knew the journey that I had to go on to build the resilience to build the strength to know the business strategy and my background is in investment banking so 
I worked in business management for over a decade. So I just looked at, okay, what are my skill sets and how can I actually help other women with this based on everything that I've been through and my knowledge and everything that I know and the lessons that I've learned, the mistakes that I learned, how can I help other women not go through the same mistakes and get the success that they want in a shorter time and bringing in the holistic um, health coaching element as well to that. And it's just created a business that has really taken on years and years and years. This has been 15 years in the making and it's just came out to fruition in the form of coaching other women. But when I look back on the whole journey, everything that I coach has just been 15 years of experience. And do you feel like we've been sometimes fed a narrative that there isn't space for all these successful women and were you ever it felt like you were in competition with other women or have you always just wanted to help everybody that's come into your your world I used to fall into the trap of comparing myself to other people seeing what other people were doing online and it took me further and further away from my own internal happiness and so everything that I do now is based on what I want to do. So there's no, there's never going to be competition because nobody knows what my true mission is because they're not inside of me. They don't see, they haven't walked my path. So I'm only going to be able to create something that truly means something to me. And that is based off of my own knowledge and experience that doesn't, fall into what anybody else is doing but I have fell into the trap before with looking at what other people are doing and you know is this space too crowded um is there space for me here can I make an impact but I'm then giving my power away to everybody else and comparing myself when I take my power back and within and I look at myself and what I'm here to do I'm not worried about what anyone else is doing and as I said before I only need to impact one person that's that's my only mission if I can use what I've been through to help just one person then my job's done and then I can do the next person and then the next person I'm not looking at huge goals of hundreds and millions and thousands of people which yes that's on a vision board but every single day it's one person and that takes the pressure off we're not comparing ourselves to anybody else we're literally just doing what feels good for us in that moment and what we want to work on. Oh, Carly, thank you. I'm so glad there's just one of you doing what you're doing. And and throughout all those tales of obstacles, of hard times, of failures that we've talked about, what what do you think is the, the biggest lesson that you've learned about resilience? So my biggest lesson in resilience is, I always go back to the same quote from Brené Brown, where she says, if you're not in the arena getting your ass kicked, then I'm not interested in your feedback. <laughs> and I just think that's brilliant that <laughs> if you're not surrounding yourself with people who are in the same arena as you, doing the same work as you, on a mission, um, wanting to create a success for themselves, then don't value their feedback because they're not doing the work that you're doing oh, and I bet you well there's been so much wisdom that you shared through your journey how can people follow you and and work with you as well 
you can find me on Carly Arbor Coach for everything to do with empowering women that build heart-led businesses with a holistic approach. Oh, I love your account. It's beautifully curated. And I will put the links to your other businesses and the things that we've mentioned in the show notes too. But Carly, thank you so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so, so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Resilience Rising podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do help people find us by hitting subscribe, leaving a review or sharing us with others. Thank you so much and see you next time on the Resilience Rising podcast.